Hello, and welcome to this podcast from Consider This. Please let me know what you think and tell others about us on social media. This podcast was originally broadcast live on Northumberland 89.7 FM. You can hear this show live every Friday at noon. Thank you for downloading this program, and I hope you enjoy it. Hello, I'm Robert Washburn, and welcome to Consider This Northumberland, a current affairs program dedicated to the issues facing our community. We talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life in Northumberland County. So I'm asking you, the listener, to take some time out of your busy day to consider this. Sitting on the edge of a 70-acre piece of prime real estate on King Street, in the east end of Coburg, sits Strathmore House. You might know it as the administration building for the Brookside Youth Detention Center. It is one of the last palatial historic homes from the 19th century in Coburg. It was built in the mid-1870s by a local lawyer and county judge, George M. Clark. He was born in Belleville and moved to Coburg as a young man to start an apprenticeship as a lawyer. Now, the house was built in the Beaux-Arts style, and it was eventually sold in 1903 and became a summer home for a rich American family. For the past 53 years, it has had multiple uses related to the youth prison. On February 12th, Brookside closed its stores. It happened rather suddenly. According to Northumberland Peterborough South MPP David Pacini, there was a leak about the closure. Workers found out, and the minister in charge decided to shut the facility down immediately. The union was officially notified and the five remaining inmates were transferred and 100 staff were given notice. The future of Brookside was in doubt for the past few years. Back in 2012, the Auditor General identified the need to review the facility since the number of inmates was dropping. At its peak, it was home to over 100 very serious young criminals who were in their teens and early 20s. There were other changes taking place. Government policy was also shifting as social services, police, and others began to focus on preventative programs for youth rather than incarceration. The writing was on the wall. However, the union had brought forth proposals to transform Brookside rather than shut it down. But nothing was set in stone, or so it seemed. That was until February 12th, when the gates were finally closed. The future of the lands and the building are unknown. Bacini immediately set up a website to get public input for the development. And there are plenty of people with lots of opinions. On today's show, I have Coburg Mayor John Henderson talking about what happened and what is being done about Brookside, along with its impact on the town. This is one of the first of two separate interviews I did with the mayor this week. The other one was about the former Woodlawn Terrace at 420 Division Street. It will air next week. The next story on today's show is about an international conference for women entrepreneurs organized here in Northumberland County. More than 2,000 women from across Canada and around the world will be gathering online to listen to some of the most accomplished and knowledgeable women who run their own businesses. It is called Strike Up, and the woman behind it works at Venture 13. She will tell us more about the conference and the success along with the challenges many women face in business. But first, here is my interview with Coburg Mayor John Henderson about the future of Brookside. I'm so pleased to have with me today on Consider This, Mayor John Henderson. Welcome. Thank you, Robert. 
I wanted to talk to you today about a couple of planning things. And the first thing I wanted to talk to you about, of course, is the Brookside closure and its implications. So can we begin by having you tell us, how did you learn about the closure first? Well, I'd like to take you back if I could, if I'm going back too far, please stop me. Um, we knew being on council that uh, we believed the numbers were limited. Uh, we weren't sure, in fact, what those numbers were. We knew at some point in its past history, it may, may have had numbers well in excess of 100, but recently we know those numbers were much lower. Uh, based on that discussion and, and, and just talking through council, Councillor Nicole Beattie made a notion, notice a motion to council to really put forward the concept that Coburg would be interested in having further conversations with the Brookside site or property if there were a change forthcoming. At that point, I can tell you, uh, we did not have any of this information at that time. It was just more of looking to our strategic plan, looking to the future and asking the question almost imagine or what if. Based on that, um, I've always kept in contact uh, as mayor with uh, MPP David Piccini on a number of issues. Uh, I try to update him, I would say bi-weekly because that's when we meet. Uh, people should know this, we meet bi-weekly with all the mayors of Northumberland County and Peterborough South, with David Piccini along with MP Philip Lawrence. And we discuss issues, many of those issues are related to the COVID environment, but as mayors, we also have other concerns and issues we bring forward. I must tell you through all those meetings, uh, Brookside was not raised uh, during any of those discussions. However, David and I've had subtle conversations uh, what could be, what might be, and I asked them to keep me in the loop if there were movement. Uh, based on that, I received a call uh, very late in the week from David, a very respectful call, indicating that uh, the Attorney General and uh, the Ministry were working on their plan to redistribute uh, correctional centers for youth or detention for youth through the province. And he indicated probably one of the first on the venues could in fact be Brookside. So that was the first indication that there could possibly uh, be movement on Brookside. And on, based on that, I indicated to David, I'd be willing to work with him uh, and staff behind the scenes to, to set the stage appropriately and properly uh, going through the logistics. So that's basically um, how it initially started. You've mapped it out for us a little bit. Can you give us what happened on the Friday? Well, I'll do my best. Obviously, the one who has most of the details, most of the understanding would be uh, MPP David Piccini himself. All I understand is that uh, David did approach me, indicate Brookside was coming up. I'd like to work with him on the concept when appropriate uh, to do the proper marketing of Imagine Brookside and I indicated that I would certainly support that concept where we're working to uh, work towards a press release but also understanding that there would have to be appropriate negotiations, proper meetings with the unions, proper operational issues, which I realize all rests with the ministry and also uh, 
rest with David Piccini. So we understood that that would be the first highest order of priority. And uh, what, in my understanding, that was going to be uh, the planned out case. Uh, we'd have a few weeks to work on this. And then all of a sudden I received a call Friday night from uh, MPP Piccini indicating that uh, wherever the confidential meetings were being held, I, I can't tell you where they were or how they were. I just know there were many meetings involved respectfully with the unions. Somewhere along the line, a breach uh, was notified. And again, I can't speak to that. I just was told there was a breach. And based on that, I received a call that we'd have to move very quickly. MPP Piccini felt in consultation with the minister, uh, Mr. S Smith, that uh, it would be appropriate to, to tell the public where we are as it's happening. So based on that, I think I received a call just prior to the 8 p.m. where we went live with the media to have David as our MPP representative explain what in fact had taken place. Now, it sounds to me like there's there was really no surprise that Brookside was on the cusp of closing. As you look back and you reflect on this, why wasn't the public told sooner or why wasn't there more made of it so that the public and the people involved weren't sort of blindsided in the same way? Well, first of all, I have to mention that anything to do with the Brookside Youth Detention Center is far above town of Coburg. It lies with the minister and the attorney general and other, I'm sure, provincial departments where they had to do an overview of what's taking place in Ontario based on their own results. Um, I haven't been privileged to uh, read that, uh, those details yet. If they're out, I apologize. I just haven't been able to get to that information. They had to determine uh, which direction Brookside, I'm sure at a ministerial level would go. Would they bring more youth into the center? Uh, would they go the direction they're going? And then once a decision is made at the ministerial level, they certainly owe an obligation. Uh, to all the union and non-union staff have worked. Uh, I believe Brookside's been with us, I think, since I'll look back in my notes, but it's either 52 or 62. It's about 53 years. So they certainly owe a depth of uh, dedication to, to the unions, to the people living there, to the livelihoods. And my understanding, all that was being worked out uh, in a very confidential, respectful manner. So again, we wouldn't be privileged to that because you have to understand anything to do with the ministerial correctional facility or detention center belongs to the ministry, not to the town of Coburg. And we're not privileged to those details or information. So the only thing we became aware of is, as I indicated to you, there appeared to be a breach. Based on that, they felt that they better go public with what they have and tell the public exactly where they are and what's taking place. So. That is how we learned as well. Um, I knew that numbers were low and that uh, Brookside was on perhaps consideration. But again, I want to emphasize always with proper logistics, proper steps, proper process. So again, I was not expecting um, the situation that happened uh, Friday evening of that particular week. But even you said earlier, and, and I, I want to emphasize this, is that the council did send a letter to uh, David Pacini back in August. 
So what was in that letter for people who might not have been following this? And what was council trying to achieve through the letter? Because it sounds like you somebody had a bit of a sense that something was going on. Can you help us? Well, the only thing we knew that was going on, and again, we didn't have an exact record of numbers as I've indicated, but when I first came here 35 years ago, I believe there was well in excess of 100 youth in that particular facility. We know recently the numbers have dropped dramatically. Uh, I couldn't even tell you the precise numbers at the time. We just know they weren't what they were 35 years ago. And as a result, we felt could that facility in some manner, if it ever moved uh, to an alternative, could it be used in another facet, in another way um, within the town of Culver for another purpose? Uh, it was a more of a general overview. We did not have, I did not have any specific information, but I think it's always important for council to ask the question because everything in Colberg is ever evolving. Uh, we thought Brookside could be ever evolving, knowing that the attorney general and uh, solicitor general indicated they were going to do a complete review of the youth detention centers. We're also aware in my work and as a board member of the Cobra Police Services that other avenues are taking their place because we see the involvement uh, in particular with Cobra Police Service with Cornerstone, with our work with Rebound Youth. We know the transitional money that was put in by the province back to Rebound Youth. We know the work done by YMCA and other nonprofit organizations. And so I realized that the detention centers as they were initially set up, I think in the day when I was a younger man under uh, the attorney, then Roy McMurtry um, is changing. And as David Pacini said, it's changing for the right reason because we're dealing with youth in a far more proactive manner. And it's my understanding that we have less incarceration of youth. And I have to agree with David, that's a really good news story. So to summarize, uh, Robert, it, it was more of a, of a hunch of what could be and to ask the question. Now, the union president has said in local news media that there were suggestions that there were plans to build a 16 bid facility on the site. Was the town aware of these plans? Had it gotten to a point where there was some talk with the town at all or some plans coming through or some uh, proposals? What, what did you know, if anything? At this point, I, I did read those comments from the president or the representative of the union. Um, I'm not questioning those at all, but if you're asking me from a planning perspective, from our own planning department, was I ever told at some time that they were considering uh, redeveloping or adding to the buildings that are located on site, uh, the answer to that would be no. Now, there were five youth in Brookside and there, there were, there's been reports of 100 staff being impacted by this decision. Do you know what's happening to any of the, the staff and what the impact is on in local employment? Because th they were obviously one of the larger employers in our area. No, Robert, uh, again, I want to emphasize anything to do with a, an operational issue uh, regarding staff or non-union would be under the preview of MPP Pacini and his ministerial offices. Uh, I have no information on that whatsoever other than 
I'm hoping as they work with these group, groups, they will do so respectfully, which I expect they will do uh, based on the tenure and uh, all the dedication to Coburg over many years. Similarly, uh, the youth, I can't speak to the youth because again, that's an operational matter, uh, could have been at ministerial level. It's only my understanding that the youth are, are ensuring that their safety and well-being is being taken care of and any details, my understanding, are privileged to those youth. I was told that their particular families were informed and uh, updated as to what was taking place. So, but again, I have to emphasize anything with the ministry belongs to the ministry, especially under those avenues. I appreciate that very, very much. I guess I'm looking at it in terms of uh, economic development and uh, losing a major employer in our area. Uh, again, I emphasize the fact that 100 plus people worked there. Uh, obviously, they contribute to the local economy. They may live locally. So I, I guess I'm asking you to put on your economic development hat and talk about the impact of, of 100 people plus losing their jobs in our area. Well, my understanding, I'm sure like any union or non-union, there will be prescriptive uh, collective agreements that the ministry and uh, when they meet will have to be honored. Uh, through that, I'm sure they'll find a replacement or alternatives based on a seniority list. And again, what that looks like, Robert, I can't speak to. There's no doubt uh, that when it gets down to part-time, uh, if there are part-time employees, which I heard there are, that certainly will have a greater effect and it will have a greater effect on, on what the ministry is uh, proposing. Well, we do all, all due respect, uh, your worship, all I'm asking you about is if there was a company that hired 100 or had 100 people working there and all of a sudden it closed, we'd be talking about the economic impact on our area uh, for a closure like that. And I guess that's what I'm asking you to comment on is, is that we're losing a, a major employer. I'm not, I'm sure, and I appreciate very, very much that you can't comment on these kinds of details because you don't know. But I, I do know that as, as, a, as our mayor, you think a lot about the economy. You think a lot about people earning money and paying their taxes and living here. So I guess that's what I'm really asking you. I hope I've been more clear. Well, it's certainly going to be an impact, Robert. You can't close an institution and, and not have an impact uh, to our local economy, whether that be Coburg, Port Hope, or Northumberland, it, would it mean someone has to uh, retrain, perhaps? Does it mean someone may have to move to another municipality, perhaps? So there's no doubt there, there is going to be an impact. Um, again, I can only hope that the ministry will build in as we do with other organizations, uh, education, retraining. Uh, there will be work done through the collective agreement. Uh, there will be certain payments accordingly. And again, uh, this affects families deeply. There's, there's no doubt. Um, yeah, we see it all the time. So your point's well taken. I haven't heard, I haven't had anybody come forward. I think it's very early in the stages, but I'm not going to negate that there's not gonna be an impact for those families and those individuals. Well, I mean, when you think about it, they, it was a $10 million uh, investment in the, in the community each year. So, you know, how does the, the town intend to address this kind of impact on the community? What, you know, I'm sure people are listening and saying to themselves, you know, all the services that they provided, all the, you know, businesses that they hired, 
it, it, it does have a ripple effect. I'm, I'm sure you're aware. So how do you measure this and how does council handle it? Well, right now we're just trying to get that evidence. Uh, we don't have the details yet. Um, how many are involved? What are the indirect companies, as you noted, that could be affected? What's the impact for them? Uh, so early in the stage, we're still trying to find and garner that information. But again, I want to emphasize, there's no doubt that uh, when you lose an operational facility that I'm understanding costs nine or $10 million per year to operate, um, that is going to have an impact. And we're just trying to discover what is the depth and breadth of that at this point in time. So I don't have those details, but we know it's going to uh, put a dent. Would you compare this to the, the closing of Kraft Foods? Hard to know uh, because I believe there are were more employees, I believe, affected. Um, did you say Kraft? Yes, I did. Yeah, well, Kraft was the number one employee for a substantive uh, number of years. One period they had over 400 employees, is my understanding. So to me, I'm not going to say there's an impact, but I would think Kraft would have had a much greater impact at the time because of the numbers and the number of services. Uh, when you take, at that time, I think the largest employee in uh, town of Coburg. Now, I know uh, David Pacini is doing a survey of people and what they want to see for the future of that site. But certainly, uh, there must be information and people talking to you about what they're thinking and their thoughts on it. What are you hearing from people as they reach out to you about the future of that site? Well, to date, I have to uh, stress that I've heard the, the numbers to MPP Pacini who presented last night at um, council has uh, the numbers are quite high and coming in very nicely. But in my case, I've only received a, a handful. And of that handful, it's been focused primarily on what we might call attainable or affordable housing. Now, I know the future of it is not decided, but one of the key features of Brookside is the large administrative building that some people uh, may not know is a very historic uh, house that was built in the 19th century. Um, and it's one of the last that are, are around in our town. What is the future of Strathmore? Um, will it be protected? Well, at this point, I'm like you, I'm starting to garner uh, more details and information. You're quite right, it's called Strathmore House. Um, I've been to the library and asked for the support. I can tell you the house was built by Judge George M. Clark, a very respectful judge of the time. It was built in the, the Beaux Arts style and uh, had a very long enduring history. With that being stated, of all the research I have before me on these 15 plus pages, um, all I can find at this point is that the house is noted on the heritage register we're still trying to find out, in fact, does it have any protection at a national heritage level? That would be the same kind of protection that is garnered to Victoria Hall, the market building, and of course, the Second Street Fire Hall. Will they be uh, selling the property intact? That means will they be including Strathmore House? We know the Strathmore House is of strong interest. 
We have very strong ACOs in our area, including uh, the Architectural Conservancy of Ontario through the Eastern Branch, which includes Coburg and the Eastern portion of Northumberland County. So again, we are researching as quickly as we can uh, the importance of that particular site. Why was this not part of uh, heritage protection within the town? Because the town has the ability to protect the different buildings. Well, as I indicated, Robert, we're still trying to find out, is it in fact, and I don't have that answer as I sit here today, is it protected already under national levels, which is the highest level you can go? Maybe there was always the perception being one of the most uh, elegant uh, homes of the period. It was never uh, did come forward to Coburg and perhaps being because it still was under the, at the time, uh, different ministries through a number of years, as I've indicated. Brookside, if I look at my notes here, bear with me. I believe it's been Brookside for the last 53 years. So I guess the question becomes one of, you know, people being concerned. I mean, we've seen buildings like uh, Sidbrook, uh, where the town has been in, in sort of neutralized around what it can do there. And, and we watch the building sit empty and, and uh, suffering from neglect. What assurances can council give the public that this will not be the future for Strathmore? Well, I believe right now there's very strong interest from council. We're very, when we can be, uh, protective of our heritage and culture. And we've already indicated to MPP Pacini that we have a strong interest, certainly in uh, maintaining the heritage characteristics of Strathmore. And it's my understanding that I've never been on the property, but if you go in the very back corner, it's my understanding that the original, I don't know the condition, but the original maid's quarters or stables uh, are, are in the back corner as well and could be considered heritage as well, being built very near the same period. So my answer to you, there were a number of buildings that would be for consideration. Your Worship, I wanna thank you very much for talking to me today. You're welcome, Robert, thank you. That was my interview with Coburg Mayor John Henderson about Brookside. Don't forget my other interview with the Mayor about the former Woodlawn Terrace on Division Street is next week. I want to thank my guests this week for talking to me, and I want to thank all the listeners for tuning in today. Please join me again next week when we will talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life and Northumberland County. So please tune in. If you would like to listen or share this or any podcast, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. There you will find past podcasts, news, and other information about life and politics in Northumberland County. Or you can go to the radio station's website at northumberland897.ca. I'm Robert Washburn. Thanks for taking time out of your day to listen in, and I hope over the week you will continue to consider this. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Consider This. If you have any comments or would like to suggest a story, please contact me at considerthisnorthumberland at gmail.com or you can message me on Facebook at Consider This. If you enjoyed this podcast or are looking for more news and information about Northumberland County, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. That's consider-this.ca. And don't forget to share. 
And again, thank you for listening, and stay tuned for more from Consider This.